section thirty four of violet osborne this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. violet osborne by lady emily ponsonby volume three chapter six what you have done hath not offended me henry the fourth when sir william and ida at the close of the day wished lionel good-bye he detained ida to say i want to speak to you ida to-morrow will you be in the garden at bascombe at twelve o'clock she acquiesced and followed her father his manner had not been lover-like when he made his request but that was not lionel's way and as she walked and thought she fancied that to-morrow was to be the eventful day once or twice the suspicion flitted through her mind that he was going to renounce the purposed connection but it was driven away as injurious to him and when quite beyond the influence and recollection of his dejected manner her thoughts all merged into the trembling expectation that the long-delayed announcement was to be made she waited for him a full hour before he came during the night lionel's mood of mind had undergone a change the day before he had felt humbled to the dust and had he spoken to ida then it would have been penitently and with humility but solitude and meditation had with him the result of suggesting soothing and excusing thoughts what had he done after all was he not free had he spoken for months for years even of his engagement if he was bound why was violet thrown in his way how could he see her and not admire her was she not superior to ida mentally and bodily too was it not like a fascination to be in her presence why should it be expected that he must resist it these were the first series of thoughts and as there was no one to answer them with other suggestions they became predominant in his mind he looked on himself as an ill-used being he then proceeded to consider the consequences of what had occurred how mad he had been he had lost his chance of violet by his own rashness why had he not first broken with ida and then who in all the world could have forbidden him to choose violet for his own now he became very dejected as he considered what lay before him to have to humble himself to ida till now so imperiously treated and worse to have his father condemning him as these unpleasant facts presented themselves he almost resolved to bury the whole matter in oblivion to go abroad for a year leaving the engagement still pending and then to return and see whether it would be possible to fulfil it if not then to state that he had done his utmost to love ida but had failed this suggestion cheered him it even opened a distant vista in which he saw violet pitying him and relenting but while under this more cheerful gleam of light he suddenly remembered her indignant face when he had asked her to forget could he imagine that she would associate with ida and leave her deceived he sighed thought with admiration of the openness of violet's character and felt that this was not to be hoped for 
after many alternate risings and fallings of spirits many different and opposite plans for his line of conduct he determined on a half measure he would confess all that had happened to ida but ask her forbearance for a time leaving the engagement pending until he had had further time to consider the case and to examine his own feelings it was in this frame of mind that at last he sought her she had wandered from the garden to the pleasure grounds and was leaning against some railings when she suddenly heard his step she blushed slightly but went forward to meet him i am sorry to have kept you waiting ida he said but i had a good deal to think of and i was late this morning never mind and she smiled i am glad you were late for you seemed so tired last night what made you think i was tired you look so and seemed so too you are not like yourself it was not tired exactly he said and as he said the words the very words violet had used a presentiment keen and vivid shot through ida's brain she turned pale what is the matter he asked with discomfort not exactly guessing what but feeling that he disliked extremely the task before him she was no longer pale at the question but she said with calmness and courage never mind me lionel you said you wanted to talk to me i have been waiting a long while will you say it now well ida he began in his turn with a color varying from white to red it is about this engagement of ours you know we both are free yes with her eyes on the ground quite free if we please well ida i must own that i had never thought of using my freedom i never dwelt on the subject but there are things in man it seems that cannot be governed and without knowing it i have he hesitated at a loss for a proper expression but ida did not help him she waited to hear more and he was obliged to proceed the fact is he continued that i have for some time been fighting with a fancy for miss osborne i hoped it would go off sometimes i felt sure it would but it has not and yesterday he paused i think it was a pity lionel that you fought ida said when once you felt the fancy i think it would have been better to say so you cannot be a good judge about that he said quickly of course i wished to do what was expected of me and a mere fancy was not enough to break the engagement but i think it was she repeated it was not you may trust me ida that i know best but yesterday somehow or other the fancy mastered and maddened me and i told her of it and as he recalled the scene a look of intense misery came over his countenance was violet angry then ida asked pitifully reading the countenance that spoke what the words did not add yes if i had been a heathen man i believe i could have shot myself in her presence i am very sorry for you lionel i can guess it must be a dreadful thing to love violet and to offend her he turned away and walked a few steps from her he did feel it a dreadful thing ida's gentle words and sympathy touched and yet humbled him 
she waited for a few seconds but when he paused in his hurried walk and she saw that he was hanging over the railing silent and dejected she went to him again well then lionel this must be ended we are free then the engagement is broken yes ida but but are you willing oh yes she said with sad quietness if you wish it it shall be so but but what lionel how can it be otherwise i cannot understand it had struck me that it might be left i would go away and try and shake off this horrid painful idle dream of mine and then come back and then if i can't get the better of it we might see what should be done what do you think ida and he looked into her grave listening quiet face with some anxiety and some surprise i think it would be very wrong to leave it she replied with decision yet with her usual gentleness of manner and speech i am sure it cannot be possible to like two people nothing in this world nothing lionel should have ever tempted me to be your wife unless you loved me wholly i know you are true and therefore if you had said you did i should have trusted you and been your wife without fear lionel felt humiliated he felt miserable altogether and the sense of misery irritated him the decision of ida's speech too she who was usually submissive to his least suggestion irritated him further and at last he spoke with irritation very well then it must be as you please as you will not give me time you must take it into your own hands and break it off i leave it entirely to you oh lionel not to me yes of course i do i am willing to try further you say you are not he looked once more and with anxiety in her face no very well then it is you that reject me and break it off the case is plain i shall go this afternoon if you please i will write to my father from london or i will send you a letter to give him say what you like best i think you had better write to him but i think i must tell him too for he will be very sorry i know he will very you had better consider ida a little more there is nothing that i can consider lionel or i would i would willingly for uncle ashford's sake but if you say it is my fault then it is for i would not be your wife unless you loved me best for all the world and what shall you say then he asked with curiosity i shall tell him exactly the truth what about miss osborne and lionel's cheeks were crimson with shame yes and indeed lionel he cannot blame you i am sure i do not how could you help loving her best if you once felt you were free to choose who could help loving violet the more ida spoke the more lionel felt her superiority to himself and the consciousness was very humbling very painful he could not meet it as he ought and therefore he met it in an angry spirit her calmness too and decision annoyed him he had expected tears he had expected that she would be ready to wait for the bare hope of his return as long as he himself should please he was not sufficiently master of himself to reflect on this 
and own that ida was right and baffled and disappointed in every way in himself and in her he yielded to the annoyance he felt it is no use talking and arguing ida you know very well that my father and sir william will blame me but as you choose to bring the matter to an end there is no help for it therefore do as you please you must announce the fact and i will write to both in a few days and i don't see now that there is anything more to be said good-bye ida his voice shook and his lips quivered as he came to good-bye good-bye lionel i wish i could wish you happiness but if violet is angry i don't see how that is to be never mind happiness that is a very small matter good-bye he held out his hand and she gave hers while he held it he remembered violet's message and said miss osborne told me to say ida that she could come to you whenever you pleased you were to send for her thank you i will write and if you see her tell her she must forgive me tell her that i cannot breathe unless i have her forgiveness he almost crushed ida's hand as he spoke so vehement was his tone i will good-bye dear lionel and ida softly withdrew her hand and departed for through that passionate tone and touch a chord an answering echo was touched and awakened in her heart which made her feel powerless to endure further it was the vague longing for something she was not to have it was the vague sense of something she had lost which till that instant had been unfelt she slipped away and took refuge in solitude End of volume three chapter six